0: Right now, though, I'm going to pray for the message and then launch straight into it. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take my words and that you uh, use them to plant the word of God into our hearts. You plant the word of God into our spirits. We take a hold of it and it produces an incredible fruit within our lives. I thank you for the transformation that your word brings and that the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon us all as we sit under your word today father i thank you for your presence holy spirit i thank you for your presence lord jesus i thank you for your goodness and your grace and i thank you lord jesus for this word going out right across the world today in jesus name amen I think sometimes we'd have to be living under a rock or on a desert island uh, or outside of any sort of communication to be unaware of the global situation with this coronavirus uh, global pandemic. The current levels of spatial distancing and isolating impacting upon families, relationships, workplaces, schools, shopping and just living in in a community is changing life for many. The, The challenge comes. In abiding by those spatial distancing rules, yet not disconnecting from the people that we are doing life with and that we are living in and around. The challenge is in reaching out in new and meaningful ways to those that are around us and meeting the practical, spiritual and relational needs of people in our world as well. Philippians chapter 2 verses 4 verse 4 says, Don't look out only for your own interests. It's okay to look after your family. That's your first priority. But let's not forget the second part of this verse as well. It says, but take an interest in others, too. It's great to look after our family, but let's also remember the people around about us as well. In the movie Pay It Forward, a 12 year old does an assignment for school to improve the world around about them. His idea was simple. Instead of paying people back, he said he wanted to begin to to people to pay things forward. He, he began to do random acts of service for people. And then when they attempted to pay him back for what he'd done, he said to them, why don't you return the favor forward? What you're going to pay me, you sow into someone else to get them to do something else to bless their life. So he figured that uh, if if every day he did three acts of service and then those three people that he did those acts of service for did those another three acts of service the next day, that after two weeks, just over two weeks, there would be over four and a half million people would have been impacted as a result of paying it forward. But here's the thing. This 12 year old boy wasn't the first one to have this idea. Jesus tells us the original pay it forward story in the gospel of Luke. And this is where you'll find it in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to verse 37. And it says this on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus teacher. He asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, too, a Levite, when he came to the place where this man was and saw him, he passed by on the other side, too. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where this man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, putting on oil and wine. And then he brought the man on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn and took care of him there. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, the Samaritan said. And when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Jesus asked the expert in the law replied the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Jesus challenges the cultural thinking about the value of different people groups. In those days, the religious thinkers had a limited view of who mattered, with most people only seeking relationships with people of their own kind. So Jesus tells the Good Samaritan story to broaden the view or their view of community. It simply starts when a lawyer asks Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus and the lawyer agree that it's about loving God with everything and it's about loving our neighbor as ourselves. Then the lawyer wants to make himself look good and righteous in front of Jesus and the crowd that's there. So he says, who is my neighbor? This guy likely already knew that in their tradition, uh, a neighbor was another Jew or a convert to Judaism. They didn't consider people outside of the faith of Judaism to be neighbors. In fact, people outside of their group were seen as total enemies. So then Jesus, uh, he challenges their thinking with this story of paying it forward. The story is about a man who's traveling on a 15 mile trip from Jerusalem to Jericho. It's a dangerous road because thieves often hid along the path and then they attacked the travelers. The man in Jesus's story is attacked. He's stripped naked. He's beaten and he's left for dead. Now, the fact that this man has been stripped and is unconscious are important details to this story because the way that people in the culture then identified different ethnic groups was a twofold thing. Number one, simply by the way that a person dressed and then secondly, by their accent or the language that they used. And since this man was naked and unconscious, people didn't know who he was. He'd been reduced to simply being someone in need. The first person to come upon this uh, crime scene is a priest. He faced an enormous moral dilemma. Uh, Him being a priest required him to remain ritually pure. If a priest encountered a Samaritan, a Gentile or a dead person, he'd be considered ritually defiled, defiled, and as a result, he'd have to go through a very extensive purification ritual to be restored to be able to perform his priestly duties again. So since he isn't sure about this injured man, whether he's a neighbor or not, he sees a loophole and he takes it that allows him to simply walk past this man and leave him there. You know what? I wonder if sometimes we do the same. I wonder if it's easier not to get involved in a situation and to turn a blind eye. Maybe it's even easier today, given all of the uh, social distancing that we're being asked to do in our society at this really uh, big thing that's happening around the world right now. So then we come to the next person, a Levite. He is more than like he's he's walked a little closer to this injured man than the priest did, because the rules uh, for the defilement of, of a, a Levite aren't as, as strict as they are for this particular priest. He looked at the man lying there and he walks on by. Why would he do that? Well, here's a couple of thoughts. Number one, maybe he's afraid of thieves that are still hiding out nearby. Maybe he if he he stops to help this person, he may be attacked himself. And secondly, it's likely that this Levite knows that the priest is on the same road, just a little bit ahead. And the Levite may have thought, well, if the priest has walked past, then, then it's okay for me to do the same. So he again has had a couple of loopholes and, and he's decided to do what sometimes we do. We use the behavior of others and say, well, if they didn't do this, why should I? So now we, we anticipate, we're, we're leaning in because because Jesus has been telling this story uh, who's going to come along next in Jesus's story. And it's here that Jesus introduces a radical twist in this story because the next character to come along is not a Jewish layperson coming down the road, but a dreaded and hated Samaritan. I'll come back to those Samaritans. This Samaritan found this injured man and he helped him. He showed a radical love going beyond what anyone in that society could have imagined. He's knelt down. He's taken out his wine and oil and applied those to this man's wounds. He's placed this man on his own donkey and then personally taken him to an inn to recover and then actually paid for this man's recovery uh, just in case uh, the bill gets a bit bigger. The Samaritan paid it forward. And he used his own resources to help someone who didn't have the ability to pay it back. And as Jesus comes to the end of this story, he asks the lawyer, which person proved himself to be a neighbor? And the lawyer has got to conclude, well, it was the one who showed mercy. And then Jesus says, go and do the same. This is a 2000 year old story Yet it's told and retold every day in our lives. At times we are the good Samaritan. We help people. We do things. We provide for people. We help them in their circumstances. We mow their lawns. We give a meal. We we ring people and we do everything that a good Samaritan would do. Yet at other times we walk on the other side of the road. We are busy. We are tired. We're we're in a rush and then Yet again, sometimes we are the one that's in need of a good Samaritan. So who is our neighbor? Well, they're not just the people who live next door to us or across the road from us. They're not someone who is of our own race, our own religion, our own nationality. Jesus put such concepts to rest by using the Samaritan as an example in this story. The Samaritans were different in race, nationality, and religion from the Jews. And there was animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Jews considered the Samaritans to be half-breeds, to be dogs, the lowest of the low. But this didn't stop the Samaritan feeling that way towards this man. He helped this person, this Jew. And as a Christian, we're also to show love and hospitality to people around about us. Galatians chapter six, verse 10 says, therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to most people around about us. You know, just the ones that look like us, just the ones that sound like us, the ones that dress like us, the ones that eat the same food that we eat. Oh, hang on. I've made a mistake. Sorry, that's not what it said. This is what it says. It says, therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people all people I looked up the meaning of the word all and it means all it means all people and then it says and it clarifies this especially to those who belong to the family of believers so in other words there's this this whole thing where we show hospitality as we have an opportunity to help people see our neighbor then is anyone in need and that we can help the priest and the Levite should have been influenced by their religion to help. They should have been the first to come and and help this young man, but they didn't. They, they, They didn't do what their religion taught them in loving a stranger. And in failing to practice what they preached, they showed how shallow their devotion to their faith really was. And as Christians, we need to practice what we believe. James chapter one, verses 22 and 26 and 27 says this, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. So how can we love our neighbors more? Well, I've just got four points. Number one, it starts with God. It starts with God. It starts with having a sincere desire to love others, And we simply ask the Holy Spirit to give us that love. We need God to touch our hearts to be able to touch the hearts of other people, to ask God to change our hearts. The Samaritan was on a journey, but took the time to stop and care for this man. And Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 5 verse 41 to take the time to show compassion, even when we are forced over the years. Maybe our heart has become hard and where pain and disappointment have come in. They've robbed us of the tenderness that we need to have towards others and their needs. Has maybe the uh, overload of media coverage of the global pandemic inoculated our hearts against feeling something for those who are doing it far tougher than we are? (coughs) Where once we cried at what we saw, Do we now feel nothing? Maybe it's time we get back to God and say, God, would you give me a love for people around about me? Would you renew within me a love for the people around about me? Secondly, we need to open our eyes and notice the needs of others. Simply open our eyes and notice the needs of others. See, social distancing is not a barrier to being connected, to seeing other people and noticing their needs. Every Sunday before this lockdown happened, I stood outside of Infused Church before the service and waved and smiled at the people that were driving past because I want people to know I see you and that this is a friendly church. A smile and a wave are incredibly powerful ways of touching others because a smile and a wave is in fact telling them that we have actually seen someone and in seeing them, it has caused us to value them with a smile or a wave. But there's so much more than we could do than simply smile or wave. There's always a way to reach people, always a way to help people. There's always a way to engage conversationally with others. There's always a way to help others. If we will see them first, we will always see the needs as well. It's time to to start noticing. It starts with noticing what's going on around us. And I believe that the Holy Spirit provides us with opportunities to make a difference in someone's life right then and there. But sometimes we ignore it because we're so wrapped up In ourselves. I've got to remain uh, like uh, ritually pure. I can't get involved. I can't sully myself with this situation right now. I've got to walk around it and leave it behind. Maybe that's what we think. See, most people that we meet carry a measure of stress and pressure with them. Let's actually see people, church. And where we're able to, let's do the next step. And the next step is this. Make someone's day by meeting a need. It's great to see a need, it's great to see a person, but let's make someone's day by meeting a need. Many of us may be saying, well, well, what can I do? Especially with this social distancing, limiting any contact. Here's a tip, look around, just simply look around. Some of us can help single mums or uh, people, widows, uh, seniors with uh, doing some yard work or mowing a lawn or some type of maintenance. Let's take the initiative. Send someone a card. Buy someone, a a family maybe, uh, some some shopping. Be willing to, to ring someone, FaceTime them or Zoom them. If you don't know what Zoom or Facebook is, ask someone. It's really easy. Drop a care package off at their front door. The list can go on and on. But here's the thing. Pay it forward. Think of the Samaritan. He took a great risk by stopping to help. What if the robbers were still nearby? Well, church, we're supposed to take risks. In Luke chapter 6, verse 30, it says, uh, Jesus says, give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. We might say that we can't help others because of this whole social distancing thing. Well, this is what I believe. Love makes a way. Love makes a way. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 8 says love never fails. See, love reaches out and it lifts up. Love takes a risk risk and it makes a sacrifice. The Samaritan paid it forward using his own provisions. And at times, extending a hand takes sacrifice. Jesus teaches us to be willing to make sacrifices and to take risks. As Christians, we need to do likewise if we are to be true followers of God and walk in love. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 to 2 says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Now, please hear me. I I need you to to, to notice this and and just sit up and take attention there. I'm not endorsing breaking the law. I'm not endorsing that. What I'm asking is that we wisely meet a need and make someone's day. Pay it forward this week. Reach out to someone and be a good Samaritan. And fourthly, we need to pray for people in need. We really need to pray for people in need. The most powerful tool that we have is the power of prayer. We're tapping into the greatest weapon that is available on this earth. It's a Holy Spirit inspired and prophetic prayer. It's a declaration of prayer. No heart is changed. No need is met. No sickness is healed. No provision is released. Nobody is saved until we first prayed about it and that we've spoken to the Lord about it. And then we've connected earth with heaven and heaven as resources come down to the earth. We often say that we'll pray for people. How about this week? We actually do that. How about this, this Wednesday evening? At 730, we are organizing and hosting an online prayer meeting. If you'd like to be a part of that, let us know. We will make sure that you get an invitation through email to the Zoom meeting that will happen. Jane and I, every night at 7 p.m. are praying for you, for our nation and for our world right now with this pandemic that's going across the world. So let me ask you the question, what have you seen this week? that you need to be praying about? What needs do others have that you can pray about? With the parable of the Good Samaritan, we can pay it forward. And as we are challenged to spatially distance ourselves, but not disconnect, we can meet needs. We may be in somewhat of a lockdown, but we are not locked down. All of us can do something. We just have to want to church. And I want to finish this morning with the question that Jesus asked the lawyer in our passage in verses 36 to 37 of Luke chapter 10. Jesus says, which of these three people do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. That's our encouragement today. We need to go and do likewise. Which of the three are we going to choose to be this week? Two walked past, one stayed and helped. Heavenly Father, thank you for the power of your word this morning. I thank you that you've given me the ability to speak your word with authority, with the power and a passion and I thank you Lord Jesus that these words penetrate into the hearts of people that our conscience is pricked that our spirit is stirred that there's something arising within us that says we've been born for such a time as this so I pray father for the ability to do and reach out wisely not breaking the law but to do things wisely with consideration for the people around about us and to meet a need today and to pay it for father I pray this morning for Steve I pray for Christine, I pray for Adrian and Pat, I pray for Colin and Margie, I pray for Immy today. I thank you that this week we heard about uh, Robin's mum being cancer free and we praise you and rejoice with you in this and we thank you for all that you're doing in and around about us. We thank you for our kids program that's online, we thank you for our youth program that's online. Bless those kids, bless them Lord, teach them your ways in this time we pray in Jesus mighty name. Right now, uh, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know uh, about him. You've never met him before. You don't know who he is. But something about this message has stirred you. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. He calls you by name right now. He loves you. He died for you. He took your sin upon his, uh, his body and he was killed because of it. The punishment he received should have been ours, but he took it in our place. And it's simply a matter of believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we believe what he did for us and on behalf of us, that we can be saved. I want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer right now with me as I speak this out. I want you to repeat these words, but believe them in your heart and you will. Be born again. You'll be saved and uh, and Christ will be your Lord and Savior. And you can. There's an assurance that you can spend eternity with Christ in heaven. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to the earth. I believe that you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe that your words are true. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior. Amen. Hey church, uh, no matter where you are in the world right now, just want to thank you for being online with us this morning. It's just been a privilege to share the word of God with you to have a great time of worship and thank you to Jane as well she led us around communion uh, I, 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 you know like if you uh, would like to uh, have more information about our kids program or our youth program just write a comment in the area below and we'll make sure that we can get some uh, a link to you to tell you where you can access that material uh, can I encourage you to continue to reach out and to connect with those around about you maybe just think of three people ring them today touch base with them today tell them how much you love them and care about them and we want to let you know that you matter to us if you have any prayer needs if you have a god story something that you want to praise god you want to share the good news with let us know we want to share that with the entire church don't forget to like us below and maybe subscribe to this channel how about you just make a comment below what impacted you the most about this message so until next time Do the right thing. Keep a spatial distance, a spatial distance. Uh, Don't disconnect. Stay healthy. Know that God loves you and so do we. And like I end most weeks at Infused Church, you've been lit up to light up. Now go and shine the greatest for Jesus. Have a great week. God bless.